Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. In this podcast, we take a reading from Scripture each day. We look at the background material to that passage and also application for us. Once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Romans chapter 10, verses 18 through 21. And uh, Devin is with us today. Devin, how are you doing today? Doing well, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Devin is uh, wearing a hat that says Wonder. I don't know what that's all about. But... Wonder. Wonder North Georgia. Gotcha. That's where it's a it's a, a location. Company. Yeah, it's a it's a company. Oh, it's a they company. Do, uh, yeah, they, they're called Wonder, but all their stuff has to do with like Wonder North Georgia. So. Okay. Well, we just did an advertisement for them. We didn't even <laughs> we know did, it. I guess. Oh, man, I'll call them. Maybe I'll get some free stuff. There we go. Some um, Let them know they swag bag. Is that what they call it? Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm getting hip with my terms. Oh, you are. But uh, chapter 10 is interesting, and we've said that, and uh, you're probably tired of me saying that. It's got its challenges, but we capped off last week. We looked at this idea of the power of this gospel proclamation, that the power of salvation is the power of the word of the gospel that can bruise even the hardest hearts and break down resistance to God's grace. So we see that faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And we've already looked at earlier in Romans 1 that the, that the gospel is God's power unto salvation. Now, we talked about that in our interpreting the Bible, how to read the Bible class. Right, about, yeah. that dunamis can be misinterpreted the power of the gospel sometimes. But this spoken message of cross is able to break through some barriers, hardness of heart, and uh, open people up to the grace of Christ. So, Devin, before we start, let me just recap chapter 10. Because it's been, you know, I said before we came on, this idea of seeing the forest for the trees. We've, you get kind of into the details of this passage. You miss the overall message. So let me just remind our listeners the overall message of chapter 10 because we close out this chapter today. Yeah. He starts out with that question about Israel. His heart's desire is for his countrymen to be saved. Let's just think about how Paul formulates his argument. He takes us from Abraham to the Exodus to the exile to covenant renewal, and the inclusion of the Gentiles, so basically the scope of Israelite history. The Messiah has come and acted to end the exile and to bring in the renewal of the covenant so that Jews and Gentiles could be justified by confession of Jesus as Lord. A message that spread to the inhabited world, meeting with mixed responses. But the upshot, the good news, is the Gentiles are entering into the heritage of Israel, even while Israel herself does not have the eyes to see it. Paul prays that his fellow Israelites will see it. But for the time being, they haven't just missed the boat, but they're throwing rocks at it. Yeah. And that's Michael Bird there saying they threw rocks at it. I thought that was a really good way to, to say that. So uh-huh. th- this is part of God's plan, that the Gentiles would come in to the covenant. Part of this covenant renewal would include Jew and Gentile alike. So in just a minute, we're going to hear this idea of jealousy. And Devin will elaborate some on that from another place in the Old Testament. An interesting set of stories. But let me just read the passage real quick, and then we'll get into that discussion of Israel becoming jealous of this inclusion of the Gentiles. This is verse 18 of Romans chapter 10. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found in those who do not seek me. 
I've shown myself to those who do not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long I've held up my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. So Devin there, this idea of jealousy, I know in verse 19, you had an interesting insight about that. Do you mind sharing that? Yeah, I re- well, and because of with the kids, we're going through uh, Samuel and Kings and stuff. So I've recently just been through those stories and reading about, you know, so this is Moses in, in verse 19. He's referring to Moses, how Moses predicted, hey, God's going to use other nations to make you jealous if you are foolish enough to leave him. In verse 20, he brings up, hey, I, Isaiah said the same thing. The prophets have said the same thing. So he's got the law and the prophets talking about how, hey, the gospel is eventually just going to have to go to other nations because you Israelites are not going to conform to God's will. Uh, so it's not just in the law. It's not just in the prophets. It's also in the in the book of Samuel, which at one point was part of what we would say are, are the prophets. But anyway, in in 1 Samuel chapter 6, you have um, the Ark of the Covenant has had been taken by the Philistines. Uh, it had done. It had caused some harm to the Philistines. We'll just leave it there, right, Chris? We're not going to get into that any deeper. Yeah, I find it interesting. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. happened to the Philistines? If, if you want some entertainment, you can turn to First Samuel five, right? Try to figure out what that was. But right, that'd be uh, your piece to to make you uh, <laughs> motivate you to read the Bible today. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so in in First Samuel chapter five, the Philistines have the ark. It has caused kind of the a plague to come across. Uh, uh, Upon them i would say and so. do what i would say so it's a plague yeah it definitely is and, and so they they'd be like all right we got to get rid of this ark so uh, the israelites are willing to to take it back there's this really weird sign with uh they they ask someone how they should get rid of the ark and uh if it's really god giving them these these um plagues and so they tie the ark to these two cows and the they're you know diviner says all right if the cows head towards this um israelite town then it's clearly from god well the cows do walk towards the town they realize oh it is from god we're just going to let them keep the ark now so it comes to this uh israelite town where all these levites live there's like 80 levites at least that live there so they come out they see the ark coming they're overjoyed um but because they quickly uncover it touch it uh, pl- pick it up and place it on a rock and then go on further to uh, offer two female cows as a sacrifice. They pretty much break every law there is around the Ark of the Covenant and, and sacrificial practices. And so because of that, God strikes a majority of them dead. Well, that freaks them out. They don't know how to handle it. So they decide to send it off. They're going to send it to Kareth Jerim. And in the text doesn't say it, but that is a town in the, the, land that was given to the Gibeonites back in Judges chapter 9. So it's actually the ark is sent to a town that is not Israel. It's sent to a town that's actually Gentile. And so in this, you see that the presence of the Lord, because the people of God did not know how to handle God, push God out of their midst, and God instead goes to a Gentile nation, so to say. Well, the Israelites then become jealous of that and ask for the ark of the covenant back. So in 2 Samuel, this is almost a century later, 2 Samuel chapter 6, David decides he wants the ark back again. This is where you read the story of uh, Uzzah, where he touches the ark and he's struck dead, and that you know offends a lot of people's sensibilities, but it scares David also. Um, he, he recovers it. Um, it. First, he rejects the ark. 
and then after he recovers it because of what's happened to Uzza, he's out of fear, out of not understanding, out of not remembering God's holiness because Uzza did the same thing, right? He touched it when he wasn't supposed to be the one touching it. He studied it when that was not his job. The, 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 uh, is it the Cotherites? Is that the name of the tribe? That uh, Those are the particular Levites that were supposed to handle the Ark of the Covenant. And he was not one of them. And he was trying to do that. He was trying to take on responsibilities that were not his. And David's forgotten all this. David's forgotten the holiness of God. So David becomes scared of God's holiness and sends the Ark out again and sends it actually to a Gentile tribe. That, let's say, if y'all remember the name here, a town called Gath, yeah. where Goliath is from. You know, like he sends it to like the Gentile of all Gentile towns. And uh, he gives it to this to this uh, man who is, I guess, faithful to Israel, Obed-Adam. And um, God ends up blessing this Gentile. David gets jealous because this Gentile is being blessed. And so he asks for the ark to come back to Israel again. So it's played out in the book of Samuel, just like what Moses talks about in Deuteronomy, what Paul is talking here in verse 19 is God is more than willing uh, to play the jealousy card. If you are not going to attach yourself to him, he won't attach himself to you. If you do not draw near to God, like James talks about, he's not going to draw near to you. And, and, and this is now in the context of Israel as a nation. Uh, what Paul's talking about here, because they have chosen not to acknowledge Christ, Christ will be given to the Gentiles. Right. That's a, that's a pretty cool story too. that whole. Oh uh, yeah. It's really, I mean, it's a really cool story. Yeah. And then when David brings the ark back to uh, Jerusalem, you know, he dances before the ark and Michael doesn't like it too much. And yeah, there's some topology. Luke chapter two, there's typological connections with Mary visiting Elizabeth too. We probably don't have time to talk about that today, but it's a really cool story. Oh, that is, yeah, there would be, yeah. Yeah. But, um, so this idea of jealousy, this is not something foreign. We find it throughout this, this motif of God's people being jealous of Gentiles. We see Paul takes Deuteronomy 32, 21, which people didn't really know how to apply that yet, but he takes that and connects it with Isaiah 65. And says explicitly Moses was talking about the Gentiles coming into the covenant and making the Israelite people jealous. And so the question is going to come up for Gentiles, then, well, what about Jews? You know, should we just discount them then uh, since it's to our benefit that they have been hardened and we're coming into the covenant? And he'll handle that in the next chapter and remind the Gentiles. He'll, he'll set them straight. He'll cut them down a little bit before they get too big for their britches. So, mm-hmm. Paul will, will definitely uh, be equal in how he treats both Jew and Gentile alike about humbling them with his argument. But this idea God's word did not fail. And that's been a big question for Paul. They should have known this. I mean, Gen- Genesis 12, 1 through 3, Genesis 15, 1 through 6. Abraham was promised to be a blessing to all nations. Yeah. So this covenant promise is going to bless everybody. And you find it in Deuteronomy 30 through 32. This has been God's plan all along, so they've just missed it. And Paul's like, you're, you're missing out on what God's doing. God's doing what he promised to do. God is faithful, and you're being recalcitrant. And mm-hmm. it's to your detriment that they're doing mm-hmm. that. So, Yeah, that last line that you read from Michael Bird, you know, it's not that you just missed it, the throwing rocks at it. Mm-hmm. it it's not, you know, the nation, the nation of Israel cannot plead ignorance. 
they've not only heard it, but they know the contents. It's been throughout the Old Testament. It's not like God's all of a sudden doing something new. When he does something new in, in, the, in the new creation, what he's going to do is going to be something new. This is still all part of the plan. Jesus yeah. was part of the plan, and, and they're, they're missing that. And I think part of what they're missing, I had a quote from N.T. Wright, if you didn't mind me reading, for just yeah, yeah, about yeah. why they, what they miss. This is the climax of their history, like Israel's history. I would contend to properly understand the gospel, you need to know the story of Israel. If you don't know the story of Israel, you're not going to properly understand the gospel. So N.T. Wright makes this point. He says, the climax of their own history was Messiah, who from their point of view was, it were, an anti-Messiah. So they're saying Jesus is an anti-Messiah. The king came, and instead of setting his people free, he died their death and invited them to follow him. So he died the death that they really deserved to die. And when he tells them, like in Luke 13, uh, repent or you will perish, he says it twice. He, I don't think that's meaning salvation like we tend to make it, like a churchy kind of term, repent and mm-hmm. be saved. He's telling them, if you don't reverse course with this rebellious mindset you've got, Rome is going to destroy you. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Mm. So it's this idea that he goes outside the walls of Jerusalem and takes on uh, the punishment, I guess, so to speak. And that's a hard, hard word for people or, or just the wrath of God. I mean, literally, he takes it on. He goes outside the camp. He's the rejected one. Just like he, he makes that statement in Luke's gospel, he, he would like to gather them like chicks, you know, oh, Jerusalem. Yeah. You know, the barnyard fire motif, the fire comes up on the, the mother hen. She wraps the chickens or the chicks in her wings and burns to death, but they are saved. So Jesus wants them to be in him in his death. Um, only if they will do so, and we'll continue with Wright's quote, only if they will do so, they find the fulfillment of their own story. He is indeed the true king and the world's true Lord and will give salvation to all who will call on his name. So I think Wright does a good job of summing all that up, what Paul's trying to say here about Messiah Jesus and how this is always part of God's plan. And they should have known that. They should have looked at their own story, their own text. And I think what we've got to do in applications, we're kind of closing out. This, we can't let this become abstract theology, but we have to ask the question, as I look at Israel and go, okay, this is just ridiculous. I mean, why would they not see this? What am I blinded to right now from God's word? You mentioned it like David being afraid of God's holiness. He had missed out mm-hmm. on why God killed Isaiah. He totally missed that point. Mm-hmm. What am I blind to right now and that God's commanded me to as a new covenant Christian? What are these obvious things in my life that I'm just kind of, not understanding or being blind to before I throw a accusatory finger toward the Jews in this story. What are we doing at Westgate or individual Christians? Well, we're missing the whole point. Yeah. I guarantee it's something we're missing. No, that, that's a really good, that's a really good point to pull out is um, what, what, what are we blind to? What do we not, you know, David had no excuse in not knowing the proper, you know, um, measures to take when it when it came to the ark of the covenant he he had that uh, accessibility we have complete accessibility to god's will and so is there is there some aspect of life where god is not injected into and um and should he be and how is he supposed to be operating in that realm of your life and um, we need to take time to to know that know those things yeah, it takes a little bit of time to do that you got to slow down turn off all the devices turn off all the noise and just think through your life introspectively, what's not mm-hmm. being brought into subjection with the will of Christ. 
There's yeah. something I know it is for all of us. Well, Devin, this has been good. I appreciate your time, man. I loved what you brought out about First Samuel and Second Samuel. It was really cool how the yeah, no, I appreciate it. Appreciate made them jealous. That, that, that was some good teaching too. Just helped us go back and remember that part of Israel's history yeah. about losing the ark and bringing it back. Probably parts we haven't talked about in a long time in Scripture. It's very good. Well, I appreciate uh, it. I always enjoy it, Chris. I do too. I have a good time doing this, and I hope our listeners are enjoying it. We want to once again say this to you. We are thankful you're listening. Um, it means so much to us when we get a note of encouragement or we know people are, are listening and they're, they're reading scripture alongside the podcast and, and learning and growing just like we, we do. We, we grow from doing this. We have to study every, every day. And this yeah. helps us so much in our walk and we hope it's helping you. But thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, come back tomorrow. We will keep going. We'll jump into chapter 11. And then Devin's going to pilot you on Thursday. And then Philip will come back with me Friday and we'll close out a good bit of chapter 11.